Welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Today, you are going to learn how to outsmart emotional eating and live a life of happiness and joy without giving up the foods you love. Now, here is Dr. Nina. Hi, welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, psychoanalyst, and I am here to help you liberate yourself from emotional eating, take control of your life, and feel good in your body all without dieting, spending hours in the gym, or counting a single macro. Today, we're going to talk about how to break the cycle of perfectionism and binge eating disorder. Let me ask you this. Do you strive to be flawless? Do you set extremely high standards for yourself? And do you often criticize yourself? If the answer is yes to any of those, maybe you're a perfectionist. Perfectionism is the constant drive to be flawless and avoid failure at all costs. It creates impossibly high standards, which leads to harsh self-criticism when we inevitably fall short as we humans do because we're human. And for those who struggle with food, um, perfectionism just adds fuel to the fire and that extreme focus on perfecting our eating, our bodies, our performance, our our lives, just it, it creates that black and white, all or nothing thinking that drives binging because inevitably, um, you know, your willpower w- will fail. You'll do something imperfect. If you're a uh, slave driving yourself, you're going to use food perhaps for comfort or distraction. So that's why perfectionism and binge eating go hand in hand. Perfectionistic traits like self-criticism, needing control, fear of failure, that actually drives those binge eating disorder behaviors. We think it's going to keep us in line, but it actually creates more problems than it solves. So the path to overcoming binge eating means identifying and managing those perfectionistic attitudes that pop up. Maybe They don't pop up. Maybe they're there constantly. With more self-compassion, flexibility in our thinking, and self-awareness, you can break free from perfectionism and heal your relationship with food. So if you are listening to this on uh, Voice America uh, and you have any questions for me, I invite you to call. The number is 866-472-5792. Love to hear your, your experience. If you are watching the live stream on Instagram and you have a question or a comment, just drop it in the comment box and I'll do my best to answer on air. Okay, so what is perfectionism? We use that word a lot. What does it actually mean? It's a trait that involves a relentless pursuit of perfection and an intense fear of making mistakes or falling short of expectations. It usually means having an all or nothing mindset, believing that anything less than perfect is a failure. And it can manifest, this perfectionistic um, attitude can manifest in, in, in a lot of ways, like, as I was saying earlier, Excessive self self criticism. I mean, I don't know if there's anything um, like normal self criticism. I think all self criticism is kind of excessive. Um, a constant need for approval from others and an intense focus on details and order and wanting things to be just so, as if it's either perfect or it's chaos. And in binge eating, perfectionism manifests 
a lot of different ways. So you might have rigid rules um, and restrictions around food. Like you might only allow yourself to eat certain foods. So rules like, oh, I shouldn't eat carbs. I never eat bread or I never eat sugar or I ate sugar and I failed the day Um, or I don't eat anything in a wrapper, things like that. Those are examples of this kind of perfectionistic thinking. And you might also have guidelines for portion control, calorie intake. Um, These rules uh, uh, give you ostensibly the sense of structure and order, but all they do when you inevitably break these rules, because they're too harsh, they're they're impossible, they're not made for humans, um, it leads to guilt, shame, sense of being a failure when when you break the rules that you create. So if you stop eating perfectly, you might think you've blown it. Oh, the day is ruined. So you might as well eat everything that you have been denying yourself, right? So I blew it. The whole day is ruined. I ate cookies. I might as well eat all the cookies. And by the way, I might as well eat everything else in the kitchen that I haven't been letting myself eat. And perfectionism, by the way, can extend beyond food and into other areas of life. So if you if you struggle with binging, you might also feel the need to excel in all aspects of your life, whether it's your career, relationship, appearance, what have you. You might constantly compare yourself to other people and feel inadequate if you perceive yourself as falling short. This constant striving for perfection, say that three times fast, or even one time fast, Clearly, I can't say it one time fast. All right. This constant striving for perfection can be exhausting and overwhelming, and it absolutely contributes to stress and anxiety. Um, Intolerance of mistakes is also another thing that can extend to relationships with other people. You might have unrealistic expectations of how other people should uh, behave or perform. By the way, as a you know, as a uh, as a former perfectionist, I could tell you this was totally me. I had absolute ideas, and my husband can tell you that too. Absolute ideas of how things should be, and um, you might, as I did, no more, because now I'm perfectly imperfect, right? Like, if you can see my cup that I'm, if you're on Instagram, you could see it. It says perfectly imperfect, as we all are. But when other people fail to be perfect, you could get frustrated with them. You could be disappointed with them. And this can strain relationships and create a a sense of dissatisfaction with other people. And when relationships are disappointing, we often feel lonely. We often feel empty, which is resolved with food, which symbolically fills that void. So you see how it all kind of goes together. Changing and ch- changing these perfectionistic tendency ultimately leaves you feeling better, creating balance. I like to say between black and white is not are not shades of gray. We can't really say that anymore after the book and the movie came out. It has a whole different connotation. But I always liked a rainbow of color anyway. In between black and white is actually a lot of color rather than shades of gray. So it's about living in the color and finding a way to to stand in that and, and, and enjoy your life. That's what it's all about, right? All right, what are some signs of perfectionism, like specific? 
So I've, I've talked about black and white thinking. Um, your mind goes right to the extreme. You don't know how to just, you know, have, have a couple cookies or a, a sandwich or something. It's all or nothing. It's, it's perfect or terrible. It's clean eating or chaotic. It's this or that. Also, a harsh inner critic, a lot of inner scrutiny. So that is that that means that voice in your head that's always telling you how every little thing you did was wrong. And why did you say that? And oh my God, you could have done that better. And you should have said this better. And you should have worn this. And how could you all that that you know that you know that that voice. That voice is harsh. All right, Carly on Instagram is saying. This is so true about dissatisfaction with relationships and not realizing it and transferring those frustrations onto food. Very reflective, Carly. Exactly. Exactly. And that is why our relationship with ourselves has everything to do with our relationship with food and with other people. And when we change our relationship with ourselves, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, when we change our relationship with ourselves, we change everything with food and other people. Another sign of perfectionism is feeling like a failure after sometimes just a minor setback. You know, one tiny slip up and you are convinced you have failed completely. And then that brings shame, right? You didn't say, okay, I failed. You said, oh, I'm a failure. So now you've personalized it. It leads to shame. Shame is a sense that there's something wrong with you. Guilt is, oh, you know, I could have done that better. I wish I'd done something. I wish I I did something I didn't do, or I wish I hadn't done something I did. Okay. Oh, well. Shame is what's wrong with me that I ate that. So guilt is oh, probably overdid it with the cookies. Shame is what's wrong with me that I ate those cookies. I am disgusting. And once you are in that place of shame, you know, you might've heard of the shame spiral, then you cannot shame yourself and lift yourself up and support yourself and be kind to yourself. Those things cannot happen simultaneously. And so then that shame often leads to binging as a way of coping, comforting, distracting, what have you. Um, <clears throat> so perfectionism can be sneaky, but having awareness of it is power. That's empowerment realizing you're in a perfectionistic attitude and you're in that place can help you better challenge it. You can catch it, you can challenge it, and then you can change it. Let me tell you about Casey. And as always, when I talk about uh, people on the show, um, their names and circumstances are certainly changed. These are not, um, it's not the real name. This is not even exactly the, the, the real circumstance. Casey. Um, is a marketing director for a large corporation who struggled with binge eating for decades, decades. And she put intense pressure on herself to excel at work, have the perfect home in the perfect neighborhood and exercise and diet perfectly. And she had little tolerance for mistakes big surprise, especially her own. And she was really, really self-critical whenever she fell short of those expectations she had for herself. As a result, how do you think Casey felt every day? Stressed, anxious, not good. 
And when an advertising campaign that that she led did not get as much traction as she had hoped and expected, she agonized for weeks over what she had done wrong. And also, uh, 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 over-responsibility is something that you should think about with perfectionism. It's not like she's part of a whole team, but it didn't matter you know, what the, what was going on with the rest of the team, she personally felt responsible for the whole thing. So another sign of perfectionism is um, that sense of over-responsibility. And Casey handled disappointment by working harder, staying even later, skipping meals, cutting calories to stay disciplined is how she put it. But ultimately all of this dieting and deprivation led her to crack under the pressure. So she was she was using food and being rigid with food to try to get a sense of order back in her life. But of course, what do you know about the the diet binge cycle? Dieting leads to binging. So she ended up, you guessed it, binging on junk food, eating until she felt physically sick. And of course, this caused her to intensify those perfectionistic tendencies uh, next day, overcompensated, went back on a restrictive diet, which of course led to another binge and the cycle went on and on and on. So she was finally ready for a diet-free approach to stop binge eating. And that's when she came to see me. And at, at first it was really difficult for her to be kind to herself since she believed, and this is also common to people who are perfectionists, she believed her harsh slave driving attitude right? All day, every day, cracking the whip. She thought it was motivational. Can you relate? She thought if she, if she was not hard on herself, she'd be lazy, her word, and that she would never get anything done. By challenging this belief and learning self-compassion techniques, she began to be less judgmental towards herself less cracking of the whip. She slowly, and I say slowly because change is slow, but when you really deal with the why you're eating rather than the what you're eating, and you change your relationship with yourself, including perfectionism, um, that change is permanent. So, so she started handling um, what she perceived as failures in a different way. More like, okay, I failed, but I'm not a failure. What can I learn from this? She learned healthier ways to, to, to manage the stress at work. And she started opening up to friends for support instead of isolating herself because she also thought if she admitted that she was struggling, that also was somehow demeaning to her. So she didn't want to admit that she had any kind of imperfect human emotion and that she was struggling with something. But once it became less about admitting it and revealing herself as a less than perfect person, she could she could get like feedback and support from other people. And that made all the difference. So she challenged her black and white thinking. She embraced moderation. She cultivated self-acceptance, all regarding food, exercise, all areas of her life. And she started encouraging herself more, and as a result, binging less. The more, the really, like changing your relationship with yourself, turning that critic into a friend is the most important thing that you can do to stop binge eating.
it's one of one of the most important things because often we end up binging to get away from our own mean voice we set up rules for ourselves perfect rules and then when we fail to meet those rules we beat ourselves up we hate on ourselves we feel terrible and then we binge to get away from ourselves so changing the way that you respond to yourself is everything all right um you know, she she now, yes, she has moments of falling into those old patterns, right? But she is still making progress. Progress, not perfection. It's okay to be perfectly imperfect. Here's your reminder. All right, so how do you overcome perfectionism in binge eating? Well, it's important to understand where these unrelentingly high standards come from in the first place. It often comes from a deep fear of a failure or desire to have control, but um, but but why? Right? What does it mean about you? We think we need to be flawless to be accepted and acceptable, or or keep our lives in order. But why? Where did you learn that? No one is born thinking I must be perfect or I am unlovable. Nobody. We learn that way of thinking, and we can unlearn it, find a new way of being with ourselves and with food. So challenging some of these ideas means asking yourself questions. Questions like, why am I so afraid of messing up? Why? What's going to happen? What messages did you get about messing up? To use what, what what might be your word. Failing to be perfect. What mess? Why? Why are you so afraid of messing up? Um, you know, I I can tell you about the person who would bring home the report card, and she would get like all A's except like one B. And what did her parents do? They said, "Why did? What's with the B? Why? 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 Why is there a B here? Why is it all A's? And and, and what's this B? So what was the message? The message was." Hey, it doesn't matter how many A's you get, somehow you fail because you got that B. And of course, she brought that attitude into her adult life. So now what whatever happens, it doesn't matter how many things she does well, how many A's she gets. It's she focuses as her family did on the perceived failure. So where did you learn? Ask yourself, where did I learn that it was so horrible to not be perfect? Um why do I feel like I need to control every aspect of eating? You know, what am I afraid of? If I weren't, and then you could say, if I weren't trying to control food, what in my life would feel chaotic? If I weren't focused on food, what would I be thinking about? Where did I get the message that mistakes aren't allowed? You learned it. You learned it from somewhere. And when you can figure out where you learned it, you can challenge it and unlearn it and learn a new way. And I should say that we always learn it from the past. We learn it from our families, from our our culture, from our society. And I don't, I'm not pointing the finger at parents or families. I'm not saying bad, bad parents or anything like that. Look, I'm a parent. Parents do the best that they can given their situation. Um, but it's about, it's not about blame. It's about explain. So blame is 
like with, with the example of the report card, well, my parents wanted me to be perfect and, you know, it's their fault. I'm so perfectionistic. That does nobody any good, especially you, if you can relate. It doesn't help at all. Blaming does not help. Explaining helps. Explaining is, oh, when I brought home a report card and I got, you know, six A's and one B and the focus was on the B, um, the message I got was if I don't get all A's, I'm, I'm not doing well enough and there's something wrong with me. I learned that way of thinking. And then you can challenge that and, and, and change it. So really important to know where these roots of perfectionism come from. Um, because once you find the roots, guess what? You you pull them, you pull them out. It's gone for good. All right. How do you challenge perfectionistic beliefs? They they often revolve around rigid standards and all or nothing mentality. Like I said before, it's either like I will have no cookies or I'll have all the cookies plus the ice cream plus the leftover pizza that my kids didn't finish, plus everything else in the house because I've blown it by eating those two cookies. So you have to challenge these ideas by questioning their validity and considering more flexible, more realistic alternatives. Like instead of striving for a perfect body, by the way, what is a perfect body? There is no such thing as a perfect body. I don't even know what that would be. Instead, focus on your health, focus on your well-being. So it's about creating a good enough mentality which is not like you're giving up, but that it's good enough that you you find a way to feel okay about yourself the way you probably feel about other people. I doubt that you are saying things like, you know, I like my friend, but if she had a better body, if she had a perfect body, I'd like her so much more. That sounds ridiculous, right? But why do we, why do we think that of ourselves? So, understand what being in the middle is on on all or nothing those are two extremes in the middle is is understanding it's okay not to get everything right all the time in fact it's impossible um eating a balanced diet and maintaining a healthy lifestyle doesn't mean every meal is flawless and by flawless i mean your idea of flawless we all have days when we might indulge a little more. That is perfectly fine. Here in the United States, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Guess what? You know what? Maybe you're going to eat a little bit more on Thanksgiving. That's okay. It's not a moral failing, and it's not the beginning of a slippery slope. And if you take away the shame and the guilt, then it's just like, oh, that was a really good Thanksgiving meal. Not, oh my God, I hate myself. I can't believe I totally blew it on Thanksgiving. And you know, since I blew it, I might as well keep going. It, 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 this, it doesn't signify failure. It just means you're, you're human and again, perfectly imperfect. Also practice self-compassion. Perfectionism involves harsh self-criticism. You know, that whip that Casey had perfect, perfect or nothing. Yeah. All that did was make her feel bad and end up turning to food. So with harsh self-criticism also comes lack of self-acceptance. 
and self-compassion. So developing self-compassion is really crucial to overcoming perfectionism. You got to treat yourself with the kindness, with the understanding that you show other people, I'm sure, acknowledging that nobody is perfect, not even you, and making mistakes is a natural part of life. You can make a mistake. That doesn't mean you are a mistake. Making mistakes is how we learn. And in, in, in keeping with that, set more realistic goals. I got to tell you about um, a friend of mine was married to someone who once, once got uh, an Emmy Award for a, a daytime Emmy Award for some show he did, some, I, I forget what it was. Would you think he would be happy? You'd think he'd be happy, right? Oh, he got nominated for an Emmy. He was not happy. He was like, ugh, it's a daytime Emmy award. And you know what? If it had been a nighttime Emmy award, here's my fantasy of how that would have gone. It would have been like, but I didn't win. And if he had won, it would be like, it's just an Emmy. It's not an Oscar. And if he had been nominated for an Oscar and won... Uh, like best director, who's a director, it would have been like, okay, I won best director, but my movie didn't win everything. So therefore it's not good enough. I mean, that's an extreme, but that's perfectionism. The dude was never happy. They're divorced now. I'm just saying. (laughs) If you're a perfectionist, you're never, ever, ever, ever happy. So set more realistic goals because these unrealistic goals just lead to feelings of failure and they trigger binge eating because when you feel like a failure, when you feel like there's something wrong with you, when you feel bad about you, what are you going to do with those feelings? You can't make yourself feel bad and shame yourself and lift yourself up and encourage yourself. Food is an escape. It's a way of coping. So when you set more realistic goals, and you feel good about achieving them, then you're going to feel better. When you feel better, guess what? You don't use food to escape. You don't need to escape. You're feeling okay. Uh, So for example, if you want to lose weight, don't think about losing 30 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it is. Focus on losing five pounds. And after that five pounds go, yay me, rather than, oh my God, I have so much more to lose. Um, if instead of eating perfectly, how about like, hey, I want to eat more vegetables. <laughs> I'll just have an extra serving at, at you know dinner. Or instead of I will get up and I will exercise every single day, I will be at that gym. I'll be at that gym at five in the morning. I will do this, which I, these are all things I've heard people say. How about maybe a couple times a week? If you're not going at all, aim for a couple times a week. Take the dog on a walk. Do something else. Or prioritize getting more sleep, reducing stress, things like this, goals that are um, about you know behaviors rather than results. And these are small changes that are hard for perfectionists, but as a recovered perfectionist, I can tell you it is doable. And it leads to a lot of progress in the long run. Progress, not perfection, right? Um, okay. I have about a minute left until our break. I'll keep going. All right. Um, so by setting achievable goals, you take that obsession away from being perfect and you just focus on being better, being better than you were yesterday, doing better, just a little bit better instead of perfect. 
progress, not perfection. And it's not about being the best. It's about being better. It's about being a better version of you. One day at a time, one meal at a time, you know, creating a healthier relationship with food and yourself. This is key. Uh, it doesn't have to be a radical all or nothing shift. That never works in the long run. You want to make small shifts that lead to really significant results over time. Um, so we're about to take the break. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to talk about the myth of eating perfectly, the myth of the perfect body, embracing imperfections and rewriting that perfectionist narrative. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a good place to stop. If you're on Instagram, I will stay with you during the break and you can ask me anything. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of the endless cycle of dieting and binging? Ready to break free from emotional eating and regain control of your life? Look no further than The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina, the transformative radio show that will empower you on your journey to food freedom. Dr. Nina is here to guide you every step of the way. Join her as she delves into the true causes of binge eating, uncovers hidden triggers, and gives you effective strategies for lasting change. With practical tips and inspiring stories of transformation, The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina will help you nurture a healthier mindset, embrace self-compassion, and rediscover your true self. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Have questions for Dr. Nina? Join her on the show at 866 472 5792. That's 866 472 5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. We're talking about perfectionism today, breaking the cycle of perfectionism and binge eating disorder. We talked about what is perfectionism? What are the signs of perfectionism and how to overcome perfectionism in binge eating? Um, challenging perfectionistic beliefs, black and white thinking, practicing self-compassion, setting more realistic goals, um, and I also want to say uh, celebrating small victories. Let me just add to that before we get to the myth of eating perfectly. And uh, we also have a 
question on Instagram from Carly, which I'll get to in a moment. All right. So celebrating small victories, perfection, perfectionism tends to focus on what goes wrong rather than what goes right. Remember the person with the report card and all the A's and the one B, the focus was on the B and not on the A. And that's why it's important to celebrate the victories, um, not just focus on where you're having struggles. So uh, like, even if you're just making a healthier food choice, for example, or or you're you're being kinder to yourself, or you're being more curious, not critical, or you're doing something for self-care when that's been a struggle for you. Acknowledging that and celebrating that, that helps shift the focus towards, you know, positivity and encouragement, and it reinforces progress. And remember, change doesn't happen overnight. Creating a healthier relationship with food by creating a healthier relationship with you is a journey. Um, and so recognizing those those small steps that you take, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Right? We don't just say, oh, I'm not at mile 1,000. We say, wow, I'm a step closer to that. Um, so recognizing that progress, no matter how small, helps you challenge that all or nothing thinking that characterizes perfectionism. If you want to run a marathon, for example, no one run, no one goes out and says, I am going to run a marathon and runs a marathon. They have to train for it. So they have to like maybe run half a mile. They've never run before and work up to a mile. And if you're like, oh, I only ran a mile. I haven't run 26 miles. Then you're being a perfectionist. You're going to feel terrible. But if you say, oh my gosh, I, 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 I wasn't running any before and now I've run a mile. I'm so proud of myself. Now I'm going to run that next half mile and so on and so on and so on. Um, so by shifting your perspective, by just focusing on the finish line and your end goal to appreciating the steps you are taking each day, you can start pressuring yourself le less and acknowledging yourself more. Okay, a uh, question from Carly. When I'm, can you please explain when I'm doing weight loss, I'm shaming myself for the desire to lose weight. Uh, you know, I hear this a lot, by the way, I, I, I just saw a, um, a review of my book, um, the binge cure, binge cure, seven steps to outsmart emotional eating. Why not shamelessly promote it? The binge cure, seven steps to outsmart emotional eating, which is one of my books. And this person literally wrote, shame on you, Dr. Nina, for talking about weight loss. Now, I talk about weight loss in the whole book, like in the context of maybe you want to lose weight. I, I'm very clear on this is not a weight loss book. It's, hey, you might want to lose weight. You might want to slip on those skinny jeans or whatever. Um, and this person took a grave exception to this. Here, here's the thing. I'm all for body positivity. Um, if you accept your body and whatever its size or shape or whatever, and you accept it and you feel good about you, good for you. Congratulations. I'm thrilled for you. I wish everybody could get there. But what I have seen recently is this idea that somehow you should not want to lose weight 
You should accept body positivity. You should feel good about yourself as you are. And if you don't, not only have you failed at losing weight, you have failed at being body positive. So now people feel doubly bad. Not only do they feel bad about their weight or appearance, but they feel bad that they can't be just totally accepting of that. And I want you to know it is okay to want to lose weight. However, just be very careful about what you're wish is for what's what is what is losing weight in service of because if you think well if i lose weight i will lose all the unwanted parts of my life and i will have a fantastic life and everything will be great once i reach that magical number on the scale that is an illusion that is diet mentality thinking that is the illusion that the 60 billion dollar diet industry has sold us but if you want to lose weight because you know what you're just going to feel better in your body you're going to you're just going to feel like you have more energy and you're going to wear some cute clothes that maybe you don't let yourself wear right now why not what's wrong with that so carly gash what is the shame about desiring to lose weight i'm very curious about that and i wonder if that resonates with you um all right. So as far as overcoming perfectionism and binge eating, uh, another thing you can do is accept setbacks. If you find yourself falling back into old patterns, do not beat yourself up. Do not crack the whip. Failure is not an endpoint, and it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for learning. It's the proverbial two steps forward, one step back. Guess what? You're still a step ahead. Appreciate that. Change is hard. It is hard to change, even though we want the change. That's why it's it's not logical. It's psychological. We want what we want. We know what we should eat. We know how we should be to ourselves. Why is it hard to do? Because it's psychological. It's not logical. You can't think your way out of this. You have to really understand yourself in, in a deep way. So, so accept setbacks. That is part of progress. As difficult as it is, remind yourself that you're human. Making mistakes is a natural part of life. And ask yourself, what can you learn from this? Learn setbacks and learn learn from setbacks. Learn from what you might perceive as failures. Learn from those moments and see them as growth opportunities. Each setback is a chance to better understand yourself. And as I said, when it comes to changing your relationship with yourself so that you can put, you know, binge eating in your rearview mirror or anything else in your life that is hurting you, it's not logical, it's psychological. Don't try to use logic to try to create change. Change the way that you relate to and respond to yourself by understanding where do these modes of relating and thinking come from challenge them. That's how we change them. So think of it, um, think of it as like, like a puzzle. Like when we're doing a puzzle, we don't say, oh my gosh, the puzzle isn't finished. It's, you know, it's a failure. We just keep putting those pieces together and we try a piece and it doesn't, doesn't fit. We don't say, oh, I failed. We say, okay, that didn't work. Let me try another piece of the puzzle. Same thing with life, right? Same thing with life. So just look at every 
setback as a step closer to seeing the whole picture. All right. Hearing back from Carly Gash, um, who I asked, what is the shame of wanting to lose weight, especially in this culture that gives us very differing messages about weight loss. Um, the shame is that if I'm losing weight, I can't accept myself. So I failed the self-love challenge and still being an, an eating dis I'm still an eating disordered binger dieter. You know, I think that you are you are confusing what you're doing from who you are. You are not an eating disorder binger dieter. That is what you are doing. And when you think about myself, you say, the shame is if I'm losing weight, I can't accept myself. What do you mean by myself? Because often we say myself and we mean our bodies, but there are so many aspects of yourself. There's your intellectual self, your creative self, your spiritual self, your relational self, and on and on. So, you know, it, it it's okay to not want to it's okay to want to change your weight. Just beware of the motivation behind that. What happens when you lose weight? Why are you wanting to lose weight? What will happen in your life? Like it, so if it's if I lose weight, my life will change, then be very suspicious of that because that's diet mentality. If it's, hey, I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna I'm just gonna like how I feel in my body better, but my life won't change at all. I'm just gonna feel physically better. Then that's a very good motivation. Um, just a couple of examples of small victories that you could celebrate is like, hey, even though I turned to food, I recognize why. I recognize what was eating at me. And now I can start working on ways to deal with those feelings or uh, celebrate a small victory. I went on a walk today. No? These accomplishments may seem small, but they represent really significant milestones in overcoming perfectionism and then, of course, binge eating disorder. It's not, overcoming perfectionism is not about letting go of unattainable standards. It's about creating a healthier, happier relationship with yourself and understanding that self-care, self-acceptance, self-love are the most important qualities of all. And to do that, we also have to challenge some societal and cultural myths about perfectionism. Carly Gosh is saying, um, I'll think about what stands in the way of me wanting to let myself lose weight to feel and look good. Okay. Yes. Be curious, not critical. All right, let's start with let's start with one I hear a lot. The myth of eating perfectly. <laughs> the myth of eating perfectly. Um, we live in a world where fad diets and flawless Instagram food posts are the norm. <laughs> Clean eating, perfect meal. So it's 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 easy to buy into that belief that there is some perfect way to eat. And all it does is amplify the all or nothing diet mentality. Um, and give you the idea that some foods are good and some foods are bad. Food is just food. I've said often that when my you know girls were younger, I would offer them snacks and I would say, do you want like some hummus and carrots or do you want some ice cream? Do you want some cheese and crackers or do you want an apple? And what I was doing was letting them know that they're that these are just equal choices, not this is a treat or this is good or this is bad. 
And that helped them become intuitive eaters, which I'm super proud of the fact that they eat intuitively. They don't eat because um, for emotions or or out of deprivation or anything like that. And, and, and that's something for you to cultivate too. make a list of your good foods and your bad foods or your acceptable foods and your unacceptable foods, which turn turns into good me, bad me. And then whatever the line is between the list, get rid of it. Food is just food. Ironically, when you, I recognize this is easier said than done. Um, but ironically, when you can take away deprivation and give yourself permission, you end up eating less. And this has been shown over and over and over again that when people take away deprivation, studies have shown this, when you take away that sense of deprivation and give yourself permission, you can decide A, if you want that food, and B, if so, how much. Deprivation is only one reason why we binge. The other reason with binge eating disorder, of course, is uh, as a way of coping with un- un- unpleasant, untenable, painful, difficult thoughts and feelings. It's a coping strategy. It's not an addiction. It's not about control. It's, it's a way of coping, but it just ends up hurting you more than it helps you. I call it a frenemy, right? It's a friend because it does something for you. It, it comforts you, distracts you, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe even rewards you. But of course, it also hurts, hurts your spirit and your sense of self. So recognize there are no perfect foods or perfect diet, right? This is a myth. There is no such thing as the perfect way to eat. What truly matters is having a balanced and varied diet that overall gives you the nutrients you need. And also, so important, nutrition is a very individual thing. What works for one person may not work for another person. I am not a dietitian. I am a psychoanalyst, but I do know I I work exclusively with people struggling with food and and weight and body image issues, eating disorders. But I, I do know this, that what works for some people does not work for everybody. So the perfect meal doesn't exist. The perfect diet doesn't exist because everybody's body and nutritional needs are unique. Um, I, I have friends who are vegan or vegetarian and they swear by it. Oh my God, they've never felt better. It's amazing being vegan, being vegetarian. And I tried so hard to be vegetarian because I, I ethically, morally wanted to be a vegetarian, but I did not feel well as a vegetarian. I felt horrible horrible. And I tried it for two years. It actually caused me to get sick. My body does not like being a vegetarian. My mind did. My body didn't. So you got to find out what is, what is right for you. And also, you know, watch that perfectionistic all or nothing thinking. I messed up, so I might as well keep eating. Yeah. A more flexible approach is, you know, um, Hey, I, uh, I, one unhealthy choice will not derail my entire day my entire you know day of eating i i'm still healthy even though i ate cake overall it's still a healthy day i don't have to be perfect to make progress i will refocus i'll make my next choice a healthy one or you know being rigid will not 
help me. Beating myself up is not going to help me. I'm going to acknowledge that I binge. Let's just say you binge. I'm going to acknowledge I did it. I'm going to focus not on what I did with food, not what I ate, but what was eating at me. Why did I turn to food in the first place? Because when it comes to binge eating, it is not what you are eating that is the problem. Food is the solution to the problem. It is what's eating at you. That is the problem. So if you can make an intention to acknowledge, okay, I binged, but let me reframe what success is. Success is not the absence of binging. Success is going, hmm, what was that about? What led me to that binge? What problem did that distract me from? Let me focus on why I ate that. No, was I hungry? Was I deprived? Was I eating for emotional reasons? Am I lonely? Am I empty? Am I angry? Do I need comfort? What's going on with me? So shifting from that all or nothing perspective to curiosity. Um, and also, this is one of my favorite analogies, baby steps. Baby steps. When a baby first starts walking, what happens? Does that baby just get up and walk and run and that's it? They're done? No. What happens? They fall. And what happens when they fall? Do we say, oh my God, all or nothing thinking. That baby just took two steps and fell. That baby is clearly never going to walk. That baby's a failure at walking. Pfft, what a failure that baby is. No. Said nobody ever. I hope. We don't say that. We say, hey, that was, that, that was great, baby. Those were a couple of really good steps. Now get up and do it again. We believe in you. You've got this. So why don't we do that for ourselves? Instead of all or nothing, you either, you either do something perfectly or you fail. How about, hey, good try. What'd you learn from that? Try it again. How about encouragement? So that is something that is really important. Re remember that overcoming perfectionism isn't about achieving a perfect number on the scale, a perfect score on an exam, a perfect anything. It is about progress. It is not about perfection. It's about learning to love and accept yourself. Flaws were what you would consider flaws and all. You know, we're, we're I, I don't know. I, I've, I've yet to meet a perfect human. That's because they don't exist. And if I did, don't you think it'd be kind of boring? We're, we're, we're interesting because we're not, you know, perfect, whatever that is. Okay. Another myth. Another myth is the myth of the perfect body. Oh my goodness. It is almost impossible to escape this idea uh, the, of the perfect body. And it is this uh, uh, unattainable ideal of perfection. Think Barbie, um, especially when it comes to our bodies. So understanding and challenging these unrealistic beauty standards is very important to overcome perfectionism. So rec first, recognize the distortion, that these beauty standards are a, a construct of society. They don't reflect reality. And they don't reflect your worth as a person. They exist to sell products and services 
hear that again. They exist to sell products and services and are often distorted or manipulated. Um, you can also reduce exposure to the, the kind of media that propels these harmful narratives. If certain social media accounts or magazines or whatever um, are, are making you feel bad about you or less than or making you compare yourself to other people, then unfollow them. Don't read that. Unsubscribe. It's not helpful. It doesn't make you feel good about you. If it makes you feel bad, that's a sign that, that, you know, that you need to stop reading those posts. Um, also foster body positive relationships. And that means, that doesn't mean accepting, Carly, if you're here, that doesn't mean accepting, um, whatever weight you are, if you don't like your weight for reasons that are, you know, not involved in changing your life by changing your body, but that recognize that we are, we all are all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all ages. Like let's celebrate diversity instead of creating a narrow focus for what it should be and embrace uniqueness. Real beauty is diverse. Real beauty is unique. There's no one size fits all when it comes to having a body. So embrace your perfectly imperfect self. Um, so in challenging these standards, you're not just taking a stand against harmful social narratives. You are also contributing to your healing journey from perfectionism and binge eating disorder. It is not an overnight process, but it is a journey of, of self-love, acceptance, and healing that is possible. Remember, it is not your job to look like the photoshopped images on the cover of a magazine. I know someone who is a model who uh, appears on the covers of magazines. And believe me, she has said to me, huh, if, only I, <laughs> if only I looked like that, that was four hours of hair and makeup. And, you know, a little Photoshopping. We're, we're trying to live up to ideals that just don't even exist in reality. And so separate external standards from your internal needs. Move for wellness. Exercise for wellness, not because you want to lose weight. Challenge the notion that your worth depends on your appearance and take steps that feel personally right for you and your health. Your power comes from defining beauty or attractiveness, if you're a guy, um, you know, manliness, I don't know, and happiness on your own terms. And of course, embrace perfection. Perfection is the enemy of good. Embracing perfections, oops, I don't have much time. Embracing perfections um, is, is, is about just honoring your perfectly imperfect self, just like we embrace our friends. Um, and so really quickly, counter the negative self-talk, acknowledge mistakes as parts of growth, celebrate small victories, and be kind to yourself. And that's how we rewrite the script of perfectionism. Thank you so much. That is the show for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. It really is possible to ditch dieting, stop thinking about food 24-7, and banish binging so you can get back to living your life all while being healthy. Again, if you would like a deeper dive into this topic, 
Check out my book, The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating, and the brand new companion to that book, The Binge Cure Journal, which will give you tools and actionable plans to get you where you want to go. So stay curious, not critical. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Each week, she offers valuable insights to stop emotional eating and give steps to lead a joyous life. Tune in next Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you.